Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 125 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply click on one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website and sign up for your account. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on the oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best thing to do is email questions at oneouter.com or you can tweet or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, we are recording this one on a Friday, which is unusual for us. Um, so with your time zones and stuff and the fact we usually record this podcast on a Thursday, you're going to know, know what day or what's happening after this is done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was 24 hours since myself and Alex uh, last spoke. Luckily, there's lots of questions still in the mailbag, the virtual mailbag. And um, we are ready to do this one, Alex. So there's probably not much that's happened in the last 24 hours. No, not much, not much. Uh, let's see, is there anything I'm interested in? It's pretty interesting how you named the, the, the podcast Craving Analog in a Digital World and it came up on iTunes as Craving Anal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, um, I did not anticipate. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll be frank with you. I did not expect that. Well, like, uh, yeah, you know, I have, this, I have my friends. I try. I said, you know, I really nailed it. Yesterday, I got to use Carlos's mic. Today, I don't. I can't use it. He's using it, right? But uh, I'm gonna go buy me a professional mic because, you know, uh, well, because not, you know, I, I but because. Uh, it seems the right thing to do at this juncture, 125 episodes in. Yeah, and uh, I'll probably get one as well eventually. I'll try and pick one yeah. up at a flea market or car boot sale or something, like some ripped out some studio that was like two grand and you can get it for like five like pounds. 20 bucks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was amazing because I was holding an actual microphone mm-hmm. while I was doing the podcast and I felt as if I was a great orator, right? Uh, perhaps Dwight D. Eisenhower as he was doing a famous speech or something. And then I told all my friends, especially uh, a friend of mine does work in communications and diction and all that, and I said, you should listen to my new podcast. And yeah, you know, uh, she turned it on and it said craving anal on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not exactly the impression I wanted to make, but yeah. Uh, yeah anywho, I should explain uh, that what happened was uh, after I uploaded <laughs> it late last night, um, someone tweeted me uh, sounds something along the lines of sounds like an interesting show this week, and I clicked into it and I just saw he had craving anal in uh, inverted commas, and I yeah. for a moment I thought oh my god like as some spell check you know autocorrect thing I mean this. 
not as bad as I'm not saying they would suggest anal for any other you know word, but maybe right. they would. Like sometimes when I'm typing with the iPhone, if autocorrects on it is a nightmare. You have to go back and it like change it three four times till it actually goes through. Yeah, I've, um, I've had that. <laughs> so I was like, have I actually? Is this actually up as craving anal in a digital world or whatever? You know. And I was like, no, it was the iTunes, the way that it, you know, the title's long, so it was Craven Anal dot 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 dot, which doesn't make it any better on the face of it like that, but analog was just obviously too long to fit into the title, so we went with that, so, um, you know, uh, even when we try and be professional with Alex's proper mic and a good motivational show, lots of questions answered, it's just, I said it, I tweeted something like, we're just dragged to the gutter. It's just we're just <laughs> for that. There's well, no I'm point. I'm from the gutter, so yeah. You there's know, no point fighting. My head. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Unfortunately, my mom didn't hear that. But yeah, she, <laughs> uh, I guess yeah. There's not really a whole lot uh, to talk about it outside of uh, the questions. I'm having this weird thing where I just can't seem to get a bunch of work done when I got. I, when, when I'm getting home, and it's weird because I normally have so much more to tell you guys, but at the same time, I've been it, I've been talking to a few friends of mine. They're like, "You just got home five days ago, you know, seven days ago. Why do you think you have to have everything ready at this point?" And I, I guess when you get into that modality of go go go, you never really lose it, and it's it's weird to be one of those persons, one of those people, because it's strange being in Bullhead City and finally moving here with my dogs. I have my dogs from Costa Rica. I have my house, and all I'm really doing is worrying and feeling I'm not doing enough. And I, well, my emails have been backing up for a while because I've been doing so many lessons to make up for the time I've been gone, and yeah, it's been, ugh, it's, it's, tough, it's weird know, when, it's, when you work for yourself. It is, I mean, even my fiance is going, going through that just now, like, we, we all done our taxes and stuff January, like, 31st was the deadline for both of us, you know, self-employed, filing all the accounts and everything, getting that done, and like, that was taken up, you know, after Christmas, so you've got that period of just whatever, and then herself was like right, trying to have like a break now you know whatever and her friend who's self-employed as well you know a lot of our friends and stuff they were like yeah just take the break sort of thing but she's yeah. similar to like me it's like you try and don't get me wrong I, at late at night I'll sit and watch box sets till the cows come home you know it's like I, <laughs> I, can, I can sit and watch films like mindlessly like that but see during the day or evening or whatever like yourself you touched on something a few weeks ago, and it was like, just sit and read a book, like, you know, you were, you were forced to, the weather was bad and stuff, it was when you were in Canada, so you're like, I guess I'm just doing this now today, you know, it's like, right. it's weird, it's like almost, you, you kind of search for things, and in a way, it's like, when you're ill, you know, you can't, what, you just go, I can't physically go and do anything, like on the computer or whatever, so I'll just lie and watch TV or I'll listen to music or I'll, I'll maybe read some or, you know, when you feel terrible or whatever. It's right. like your body actually forcing you to, to do it, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. I think it's just because you, you, when you work for yourself, nobody is there to make you do it. So you, unless you make yourself do it, you're not going to make money sort of thing. But it's important to not work 
constant, 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 every day, every day. Because even people that work and have bosses and all that goes with that, they still get Saturday, Sunday off, no matter what happens. You know, right, like, right. Well, unless in, they're really involved in something that they take their work home at, most people, the highest percentage of population, as soon as they're out their office or their workplace, they're not thinking about work. It's like that's done. You know. It's funny to me because I used to think everybody was lazy except for myself because my friends with college degrees they had an insurmountable debt that they were never going to get over and I couldn't believe how silly they had been pulling out some of these loans and I thought well time to burn the midnight oil to get rid of that that college loan and they they were working at jobs where they're texting all day and not really doing anything and get sent home early and yada 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 and now I'm realizing as I get older that those vacation days those two uh, the other thing is I didn't understand two-day weekends I didn't take a two-day weekend for seven years Uh something along those lines and I'm starting to realize now I'm the immature one that people do deserve to have their little distractions during the day that if you do want to text somebody and say hi as long as you do that you know for five seconds and then you go back to your work that probably makes the employee very very happy and there's so many things I'm starting to adapt I'm starting to realize perhaps the working world knows something that I don't know and uh, yeah well I did the math in one of my recent articles but I had a hypothetical player working 12 hours a day five days a week so that's still two days off and taking two months off a year and that player still got 10,000 hours of practice in every four years. So, you know, before great Trump goes up for, I was going to try to make a joke, and I can't really make one anymore. But, yeah, it's not, it's not a joke anymore. But it's, uh, uh, before Trump goes up for re-election, you could get that magical, mythical Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours of practice BS, right? If you work 12, I think working a 12-hour day is not that hard if you really schedule around it uh if you really accept your working days or your working days and you're not you're not going to get four hours to watch netflix i i find that's not something that's really conducive to healthy living to begin with and having two days off as long as you can do something outside the house is really good but yeah it's something you touched on that was really interesting to me is you do have to schedule it. You have to schedule time off. I, I, I literally just scheduled a 10-day trip. I'm going to go back to New York uh, to write. I need time to write. I, I can't do it in my working environment. Uh, I can do it on the road really well. I guess, I guess Truman Capote, as Truman Capote said, the best place to write is in a hotel room. Uh, there's nothing to, I, I just cannot work on the road as far as poker coaching because there's a thousand things I need to reference and go into and I need my desktop and I need all my tools and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as we were discussing, there's good times for different activities such as when you're sick, it, it, it does force you to lay down and actually read a book or I remember when I was sick with something with my stomach, I brought my PlayStation 4 into my bedroom in Costa Rica and I played Sleeping Dogs 
uh, this, this game that was really fun, but I only did it because I was sick. I wonder where that line is for recreation, where you need to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'm noticing the more time I spend goofing off these days, the better I do at poker. Uh, that being said, I don't have as much money and options if I'm goofing off quite a bit. So I don't have money from other sources, I guess would be the best way to put it. But I, what I'm trying to do this for the next month or so is for the remainder of this month, I and for the first 10 days of next month, I'm not taking a day off. I'm just going very, very tough, very, very much so, uh, trying to get the money together uh, for my taxes, and I, which I, I have my, I have my, I have my crap together when it comes up to that. But mm-hmm. sounds like somebody's leaving a message here. Uh, but there's always something on the One Outer podcast. <laughs> we have the girl. Uh, we had the garbage guys come by, or actually, I don't know. It was a construction worker, literally. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, lost my train of thought, but I'm trying another thing, which is I'm just going to go really psychotically hard for a long time, and then take ten days to write because writing is a recreation to me, mm-hmm. and it does need to be get done. But the webinars are really, the webinars now are really where much of the money is made because you can coach 30, 40, 50 people at one time and their products that you can send to people. And it's funny, I have no problem working a ton on those. I really greatly enjoy those because they're super productive. What I have a hard time working on is everything around it. Intellectually, I understand responding to people's emails is what needs to happen in order to set up everything. But I always... I feel like a petulant child, like Tim Ferriss. You know, why do I have to respond to these emails? And it's, well, these are your customers. They need to know about the products. They need to know how you're doing. They, uh, uh, they need to know you actually care is the other thing. If you just stiff arm everybody, uh, as would be very easy, uh, and everybody always says, you know, it's about balance. And I said, what balance? I, I don't... I don't know what balance is. I don't know anyone who's balanced. Do you know anyone who lives a balanced life? No, no. And it doesn't exist. As well. Balance assumes a weight one kilogram and one kilogram or whatever, but everybody's scales are different sort of thing. You know, it's like some people balance is doing 12 hours a day and then, you know, That's an hour at uh, the gym and then whatever and then sleeping. Yeah. And then other people's is like they're eight hours and then they need whatever. Everyone's different and wired differently. I think that's impo- good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think the important thing is, is like, you you know yourself deep down when you're really not doing enough or when you should be doing more. But on right. the flip side, it's important to not kid yourself that you're doing not enough because just sometimes it's time. You just do what you're doing, and it's time that takes over. You know, and makes it. The, the thing uh, that's right. hard for poker players is, as much as it gives you a freedom, a lifestyle of freedom, etc. You make zero money unless you're playing, i.e. working. Right, you know? right. Unless you've got articles or webinars that you sit or things like that. If you are just strictly a live cash game player or a live tournament player or combination of online and live, 
you make zero dollars if you're not playing. So it, it becomes that really unhealthy thing. And it was really, right. it was really big amongst all the young, the young online pros. Like back in, I used to hear them talking like, "Oh, if they go to the cinema, it's costing them X amount of dollars and stuff." And like, that, look at life, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's costing me this and that. And you're like, "Well, wait a minute, it's life." You know, on your deathbed, are you gonna, are you gonna pay, or are you gonna want to play poker with your last ten hours or whatever? You know, it's like, right, right. Know, uh, that's uh, might, that's a better know? question. Nobody asked. Yeah. And, but it's, it's true. It's like if you do not have your other forms of income and stuff, as you're saying, you do not make. You can't wake up and you've made. Oh, I won an all-in pot. You know, like I had a bot running or whatever. You know, it's right, like, right. It so just it, doesn't. Exist. Yeah, you've got to literally clock in, sort of thing, and clock out. You know. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I. That is the thing I am struggling the most with. And I, I thought it was, well, obviously when you're getting divorced and there's a move and there's always something else to put push, once these papers get filed, I'll be done. And once I get here, I'll be done. And yeah. now I'm here and I'm realizing, oh, I'm just a very nervous individual. I don't, I, I, I don't believe nervous is the right word. I, it's funny... I was speaking with a friend yesterday. This is good stress, though. This is what pushes me to be who I am. If I did not have this, I wouldn't be who I am. And well, you any, care, and it's ambition. That's what right, it is. It's not just, right. You know. And any drug that kills this from you is very dangerous. That's why uh, I can have a beer or two and be fine. Uh, I generally do not. I've gone years without drinking. I haven't been drunk in seven, eight years, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't drink because it diminishes my need to succeed. It, it, it's the next day I don't feel... Uh, the next three days I don't feel as if I'm myself. Mm -hmm. uh, marijuana can also have this quality. I think uh, cannabis... Ex consumed in very small quantities at different times is relatively harmless, but everybody acting as if you can do this every day and have nothing happen to you, I, I, I don't believe that to be true. Yeah. And you, you, have to, you have to realize anxiety isn't bad. It, it's, if we assume it's a bad thing, why do we assume it's a bad thing? It's just, it, it's just inherently uncomfortable. It pushes you to be a better person. And it just ramps up when you really haven't done anything for a while. And that's, yeah. Uh, it, and it's been very, uh, there's two things I want to say before we get into the questions. The only thing that the, the most interesting thing I've read in regards to this, there's a book called the one thing. I haven't finished half of it. If I finished half of it, I'd be surprised. I read many books, but I don't finish that many uh, because many books are just fluff after a certain point and they put their best arguments at the front so the person at Barnes and Noble who's reading it will buy it or the person who gets the sample chapter on Amazon will buy it and then if you want you can use Blinkist to get even more of the gist throughout the book but there was one part of the one thing that was just worth its weight in gold where they said there's no such thing as a balanced life no one leads a balanced life 
but there's balance and counterbalance. Uh, there's, excuse me, a counterbalance uh, where you're working really hard for a really long time. You realize your, your family after a few weeks hasn't seen you, so you counterbalance. You take a three-day weekend, you take them up, to, you, you take them up to a cabin by a lake, and you know cell phones off. Uh, that's a counter. And Mar- <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going that way, but you watch a lot more horror movies than I've, I've seen. I can tell I haven't watched horror movies in a while because that was the that was the dumbest thing. Is like during my divorce, I was watching a lot of horror movies, and like you don't realize how many horror movies have something to do with a couple yeah. until. Until you're going through that, and yeah, it was not fun. The uh, yeah. But for but for those two hours I watched a horror movie, I was not thinking about my life, so that was that was always nice. Uh, yeah, in that counterbalance is really what I'm looking for, and I'm trying to build that in, which is, all right, I'm gonna work super super hard for two weeks and darn near kill myself, and I don't when I'm in my working mode, I don't take time off as much as I don't take a full day off as much as I'll take six hours off. Mm-hmm. I'll take six hours to read a book and watch TV and just watch some sports or something. But then after that, I probably want to work on something and then go from that to just complete analog writing. Well, I can't make it completely analog, but I, I write on a laptop that doesn't have 500 different gizmos uh, for me to play with when it comes to poker. It doesn't have a ton of different ways to make money. It, does, it's a, it doesn't, it's just there for writing. And then trying to spend time in different environments is really a big deal for me because I have the money to do so now. And with Airbnb, you can, you can rent a place for 40 bucks a day or something like that. And with, with, airline deals you can fly for $117 if you have airfare watchdog working for you and putting myself in other environments and requiring time of myself I guess this is in the seven habits of highly effective people to sharpen the saw to give yourself time to think about other ideas I don't think I'd be doing as well in poker recently I, I wouldn't my last three trips have been I played the main event I cashed I played in Prague. I got a final table at a WPT. I played in Montreal. I got another final table. I would not be doing that if I wasn't spending a lot of time jumping into the snow in my underwear, walking or eating poutine, uh, seeing all the sights in Prague, writing, spending time in cafes. I, I, I really do not believe it would be happening. Uh, I think when you're dead obsessed with something, I don't believe you see all the angles. And I think that's really a problem. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm trying to balance counterbalance these days now that I have a little bit more freedom back in the United States. Uh, the other thing I wanted just to, I used to think there was something wrong with people that wanted to work 40 hours a week and just never really do a whole lot of anything, not really be motivated about anything. Now I'm starting to think, they're probably more mature than I do. I am. <laughs> Many of them spend all their time with their families and plan trips and save money for jet skis. And I, 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 I'm starting to realize I'm sort of the one who's messed up. Do you ever, do you ever well, get that th- feeling, you know, Barry? Well, I think you can confuse that with 
you you're comparing yourself to on the face of it, you know. It's right. like seeing Facebook lives and going, oh, this guy, he's working like 40 hours a week, and he's went and bought this and that, and you're like, well, wait a minute, yeah, he's got, what, a 35-year mortgage on the right. face of it, he's doing whatever. But he would do anything to get out and just exactly, do what he wants yeah. So you got to bring yourself back, you know. Um, well, there, it, there's that, and then there's... But I, I used to be very critical of European culture because I... I I did not like how many Europeans talked about their job as if it was this thing you had to suffer. I, I really believe work is ennobling, and it teaches you a lot about yourself. Uh, that being said, now I realize Americans are pretty crazy because we work, uh, we work, we work so much. It's incredible. I, it, everybody works Saturdays. Many people have to work Sundays. It, sex, 60, 70 hours a week and there's just no time for the family and that's uh, pretty preposterous when you think about it because it, it's, just, it's just like a car you can treat a car really well and it'll run for 25, 30 years or you can run it into the ground after 7 and I, I think that's what we do to ourselves many times in the United States which is while I love the United States, I love being an American there's a reason many of us at 30 years of age look like a mix between Donald Trump and Joan Rivers and it's a, you know, the triple Zoloft and coffee doesn't exactly help uh, and yeah, that was by the way, that's a Tim Ferriss uh, example, I wa always want to cite my sources, but yeah, it's uh, that's been what's on my mind, it was fun to discuss it with you, Barry, I guess we should discuss what's on the people's minds these these moments now. See, I just turned it into a high school presentation. Did you see how I did that? Yeah. yeah. No, I, was, I remember just leaving on a quote I read the other day. It's like, stress, yes, uh, stress is what successful people call fear. And it's kind of true. Oh. It's like you don't want to know that you're actually, all you're doing is just normal human nature. You're thinking about the future and are you where you are just now in terms of your expectations and you're worrying about if you're going to get what you think you should be or what you want to mm -hmm. be in that. And it, it's important to just bring it back and say, you don't have a boss. I just keep reminding yourself that, honestly. <laughs> I don't have a boss. Well, <laughs> well, that's the other thing, though. You've got to be your own boss. I've been talking about writing for like 10 years. There's no such thing as... I saw something the other day. You know, if you really want... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quotes like this. If you really want it, you'll find a way to do it. If you won't, if you don't, you'll make an excuse. Yeah. I've been... I've published one book. Yeah, I got the little best seller for the day tag or whatever it was on Amazon, but it's a, it's a poker book. It's not like it was that hard to write. No, I gotta, you still wrote a book, something that people, everybody says they're going to do and not a lot of people right, do right. it, you know? It, it, so. But I, I, I need to... I'm doing it, dude. I, I, I tried to think... I always try to look at this as... What would be the best way to word this? I always ask myself what my hero would do in my spot. And... I find that my hero takes risks that other people would not take. So I asked myself, what was the stupidest fantasy you had when you were like in high school and you were dreaming about being a writer? And one of it was just to like the writers like Hemingway and those guys used to do. They would just they would spend time in different parts of the country and write. Hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I have a lot of friends in New York. I like New York. I like the East Coast. So I'm going to New York. And it's incredible. 
it's because you don't you have to give yourself permission to do these things as well. Many people say, "Oh, I'm not a writer. Why? Why? I'm not. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that." And you do have to give yourself permission at some point to. You are allowed to do these. Once I looked into it, I I was like, "This is a stupidly small amount of money. How how much this is going to cost, right?" And then, of course, I'm just in a little bungalow or just like a crappy little place to write, but to give myself a different environment to write is surprisingly very cheap. Yeah. And I just realized it was a permission thing and it's a, it, you, you just feel as if I'm not good enough to do this. I have to do this one thing. And I think many people struggle with that. I'm not good enough uh, to play poker professionally. I, I, whereas I never considered playing poker professionally that hard. I guess I was so stupid. I just thought I, I will become a professional poker player. There was no I try. It was I, 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 I'm not going to try to become a professional poker player. I will become a professional poker player. And that, you can call that arrogance, stupidity. I, I'll accept all answers. I just There needs to be a shift you make in your mind, which is really hard to do once you're approaching 30, 40 years old because you're much more practical and you see what bad choices have done to other people. You've experienced it intimately if perhaps you were the degrees of other people's bad choices. But you have to stop saying, I'll try doing this. You just, I will do this. And what would somebody who was going to do that do? And I, I just, I said, pretend you're a pretentious writer, Alex. What would you do? I would fly somewhere to write. Okay, great. What's the greatest place you could fly to? New York's amazing. New York. I'm going to New York. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was really just about, I'm not a big guy on affirmations. By the way, there's this book you all need to read. It's called How to Fail at Absolutely Everything and Still when big, I probably got the title wrong. The name of the writer is Scott Adams. He's the writer of Dilbert. Probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And it's a super practical guy talking about how he's made tens of millions of dollars being a very normal person. And through the text, I get the sense he is a very normal guy. The, what's At one point, he was talking about affirmations and... I've never been an affirmation guy. I always thought that was so weird, people looking in the mirror and talking to themselves. But he, he described, somebody so logical was into them, and he, he, he had a very scientific way of looking at it. But the best way I've heard it described is your subconscious mind, it, it's just as if you and I were talking about, what was that song, uh, you know, from 1971 by whatever band and then six hours later you're not even thinking about it and the name just shoots into your head it's because your subconscious for that six hours has been working on it if you say something to yourself I will be uh, a professional poker player I will be a New York Times bestselling author whatever it is if you say your name your name's really powerful as well if 14 people were sleeping right now and I said just Barry Chalmers you would wake up, nobody else would wake up mm-hmm. your name registers very differently subconsciously and I really think it's just a way of rewiring your mind towards optimism because optimists will see opportunities that a normal person is not going to see, I'm not even talking about a pessimist but if you just say to yourself I will become a professional poker player 
I am a professional poker player is actually what I told myself when I was 17 years old. I said, you have nothing else going for you. Technically, you are a professional poker player, so you better act like one. And I didn't for many years, but I was really good at the money aspect. Uh, it, it will happen. My subconscious put together a lot of ways to make money that people of twice, three times my intelligence were not putting together because deep down they did not see themselves as professional poker players. They saw themselves as college dropouts that were making a good amount of money at a stupid game. And guess what? That's what it turned into three years later. You, you, it, it is how you frame it in your, in your mind. It, it is how you frame it. Now, anywho, I'm properly motivated and feel great. So thank you guys for letting me rant. Uh, let's get into some of your questions. How about that, Barry? Yeah, let, let's, let's do it. Uh, okay, this one is from Sean. Uh, hello, I'm really enjoying the podcast. Every week I look forward to a new episode. I'm also going to be buying some of Alex's webinars in the future. My question Thank today, you. My question today is about overcards. When we raise pairs like 7s through to 10s and we get one or two callers, maybe it comes Jack 5-9 for example, how do we proceed with one or even two overcards? Taking it further, when we play something as strong as queens and maybe a king or an ace comes and we are heads up, if we just raised and get one caller, how do we play these situations? So, if I can... I was taught a communication technique the other day, which is you restate what the other person says to you. Uh, let's see if we got this right, Barry. He wants to know when there's one or two overcards up there, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? Yeah, with a That's pair, the, and maybe if he raises something like queen, and he gets called by the big blind, and it comes king rag rag or well, something. It, you know? Well, this is okay with two overcards. I feel like this is like when a guy asks your buddy asks you, "How do I ask this girl out?" You ask her out. Like, <laughs> what do I do with two overcards? You fold. Uh, it, it doesn't get much tougher. It doesn't get much easier, right? <laughs> like, there's two... Here, here's the problem. You're looking down at ace-king or pocket sevens or whatever. I want you to remember this. That's two out of seven cards. So something you should do, something I did when I was a teenager and I was just playing with a deck of cards uh, on my living room floor, is I would put out a starting hand... And then I'd just add five cards to it. And that was my flop, turn, and river. And I would just watch as those cards really became nothing again and again. So sevens didn't become anything. And sometimes, uh, ace, most of the time, ace-king actually didn't really become anything. And I, I always had to stop at the first three cards and go, well, that's not going to... Uh, this is as far as I get most of the time if I even get here, right? Then I'd put out the turn and go, yep, that one didn't help me either. So, you know, I, I would get to the river, but most of the time in real life I knew I wasn't getting to the river. What I find is happening with most poker players, and I'm guilty of this myself, is you can have a degree of entitlement when you see a pair of nines and you haven't played anything for an hour and 40 minutes. The funny thing being, it's still just, a wired pair of nines and there still are five more cards to go if this pot gets really big most likely you do not have the best hand mm-hmm. so you raise it up you get a couple callers there's one overcard. you can check call once that's fine let let a guy take a whack at it if he takes another whack at it tip your hand fold mm-hmm. that's it that's it such is life 
I was playing cards. Me and Dennis were at the same table as this gentleman from Calgary who had made a great deal of money, had to be, I want to say, 60 years old. He, he reminded me of guys I used to work on fishing rigs with, but he just was a practical dude. If there was a couple of overcards, he folded. If there was one overcard, he checked, called you once, and then he folded the turn. And he just, he, I never saw him make a mistake, and he was a, th- he, he was a practical thinker. I highly doubt he has any formal training in poker, but he was a very, he was a badass card player, mm-hmm. and I was very I was very happy to have him for to my right uh, because I wouldn't like him to my left. I think he would have done a lot of things really well, and I was thinking this guy was just practical, practical. We just he saw reality on reality's terms because I don't know what he did for a living, but I know many of the fishermen I worked with, they have to see reality on reality's terms because if they jury-rig the, the boat up the wrong way, it could cost everybody their lives. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's no real flip flubbing it. Yeah, I wonder if we can get away with this sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't happen. You just, and you've got, you got to get really used to looking at the skipper and being like, I'm sorry, this boat's not going out. Right, that's that. It, it's a... Uh, you have to have, and if you work on, yeah, it, that's that's if you're one of the higher up guys. By the way, I never did any of that kind of work, but uh, uh, it it's interesting to me. I think you already know the answer to most of these situations, which is you can bet once if you think a lot of lesser pairs are going to call you. If you're out of position, you can check call. You can. Most of the time, out of position, I just let it go. I don't. I, if I think Dennis can attest to this, I probably played six hands in eight hours at the one table we were at because everybody was just such a gangster. And the WPT and the six max tournament. Uh, eventually, I was playing most of the pots, but the first three hours I didn't get to. And many times I'd raise, and a really good player to my left would call, and the board I'd have my pocket ace. The board would come ten six two. I could check call once if I didn't think he had a really good triple barrel game and I thought he was kind of leading me on. I could, I could call the turn, but if I, most of the time, I just check all the flop and if he bet the turn, I let it go. I, I just assumed he probably had it. Mm-hmm. And most people say, it doesn't that make you exploitable? And yeah, sure, but most people don't have that mode in them. Uh, the cool thing about live poker is you can start to recognize unease on people's faces and ease mm-hmm. uh, when people are generally... I find many people who work in a variety of fields, sales is the first one that came to my mind, but if you, you work with the public in any sense, I, I remember even working at Arby's, we could all sense when a customer was about to blow their top because their order came wrong or something and you had to approach it with kid gloves as opposed to really forcefully telling the person that's what you ordered. Uh I'm sorry. Uh, I can change it if you want, but you know, don't lecture the people working here. Uh, If that's something we could have recognized on minimum wage, I'm pretty sure most of us could figure out how to tell when people are easy and uneasy. And that does help you wait uh, different decisions, but most of the time I don't know, and most of the time I fooled. And Prague, and Prague, I, I didn't get to open anything from early position because everybody was a really good player, and they were just going to hammer me. 
And the other problem was if they did slap me, I knew I'd be in this spot all the time. So, yeah, I, I would open sevens, but would I open fives from under the gun? No, I'd just drop it. Uh, ha- however, I, I think... I think we just need to play... We need to become more comfortable with ourselves so we do not become entitled to our starting hands. Uh, a lot of times, entitlement in poker comes from... I believe it, I don't really believe people think they're supposed to win so much. They just think it's their turn. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that comes from a lack of understanding the fact you're playing poker to begin with is really the lottery win. Uh, not many people get to walk in looking like Mr. James Bond, a.k.a. Barry Chalmers at the $50 buy-in, but <laughs> it, it's... Uh, it, it can be done. All right, let's... Uh, that, was uh, many, that was many, many meals. Many moons ago. No, many meals have been consumed since then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to the next and, question. Oh, uh, I forgot to say this. Online, you can look at a person's barreling statistics. If the person goes bet, 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 you make a decision for all three straights. If the person never bets a turn, you just call flop, full turn. It's it's much easier online, much easier online. So yeah, okay. this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be the greatest poker <laughs> game ever. Anyhow, you go ahead. Uh, okay, this one is from Remo. Uh, hi, I'm thinking about putting in a solid online grind. I'll be playing on mainly small Euro sites, but also I do play on ACR. I'm a live player mainly, but City I have just moved to now sucks for any decent live games. And it's too far to travel for anything. I'm thinking about grinding the jackpot type sitting goes on ACR or similar on other sites. Or heads up sitting goes or possibly heads up cash. I feel my game is the strongest in these types. What advice can you give me? Could you read the game types one more time? Um, The jackpot type sitting goes, the three-handed things on ACR and like they've got them spinning goes on stars. Or heads up sitting goes or heads up cash. I, I think the one uh, format there that has the most mileage is Heads Up Cash. Uh, I never, ever got to the point I could say I played Heads Up Cash professionally. I did learn quite a bit, though, from Heads Up Cash, more than I learned from maybe any other form of poker, and it's still one of my favorite types of poker to play. Uh, I, I just love Heads Up Poker. That... If you're trying, you first you got to ask yourself, am I trying to make money or am I trying to get better? If you're trying to make money, the, the way to do it is to come up with a system across many games, many types of one single game, and apply it ruthlessly for as many hours as possible during the day. This is not for the faint of heart, because when it doesn't work out well, it's going to be very debilitating especially considering how many hours you're putting in. And uh, it's... Sorry, something came up on my computer screen that distracted me for a second. Uh, It's very difficult to do that these days, much more difficult than it was when I was doing this. I was applying systems in 2006, 2007. Uh, that being said, if you're looking to make money, it still can be done. Uh, America's Card Room is good because it gives you rake back. Uh, I, I think 
there's quite a few materials out there that really discuss what's going on with the spinning goes and stuff. I'd look into all of that. I, I've had no interest in that form of poker, so I haven't looked into it. Uh, sure seems a lot of people enjoy it, so go ahead and look into it. Uh, that said, if your goal is to become a better poker player, I think you should play heads-up poker. I think you should play heads-up as much as you can uh, for as little stakes as you can stand and just have fun with it. Uh, I, I, and by have fun with it, I have a different definition of that. That means take it as seriously as effing possible. But the way you would if you were playing a chess game for 25 bucks with somebody across from Europe, you would take it very seriously, but if you lost the 25 bucks, you would, you know, all right there, buddy, you know, nice hand. Mm-hmm. All right, well done, nice game, right? And uh, I find doing a lot of that, I didn't make a lot of money at Heads Up Poker, I'd be shocked if I made money at all. Uh, but I did learn quite a bit, and then I brought that into other forms of poker, uh, especially when I brought it into tournaments. I found my triple barrels were way better once I played heads up quite a bit because those guys deal with 100, 200 triple barrels a day. So if you can trick them, usually the guy who's seen four triple barrels in the last week is going to be child's play and live poker and uh it helps you define ranges crunch ranges uh i'm going to be doing more videos on my youtube channel about it uh coming up youtube channel should be gangbusters here pretty soon i'm going to be we're, we're really going to update how much content we're doing uh i think it's time it's uh i finally seem to be over whatever sickness I had on the road. And, uh, yeah, this is just the poker pad. It's just me and Carlos chilling here. There's nothing else going on. So, yeah, it's time, time, to, time to do some sessions and time to record them. I'll show you guys how, like, I would play a heads-up session. I'll, I'll go play on Bovada or something where the people can stop sitting out on me. That's the thing that bugs me the most on America's Card Room. It's like, oh, it's Assassin. Oh, what's up, dude? Sit out. And, yeah, uh, come on, dude, it's for 50 bucks. And it's like, nope, nope. I'm like, you know, and then I get, I'm not that good, dude, by the way. Yeah, chat and play with the pros, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, anywho, all right, let's do another question. All right, last question. Um, This one is from Neil. Hey, I'm looking for some tips and hints on how to bring my live game to online. I'm a far better live player than online. I focus better live, make better decisions live, and don't tilt at all when playing live. Only I can... Sorry, on, 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 it's not only, it's online. Online, I can be the opposite and do some things that I would never do at a live tournament. Any help and suggestion of what to try with this would be fantastic. Thanks, Neil. I, uh... I, I think that when you go on to online, many people believe, oh, if I just adjust my live game a bit, I'll do pretty well online. It, 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 we need to respect these are totally different games. These are, online is about, in my head, statistics and range analysis. Every day it's range analysis. Range, 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 range. Live poker, there's 
that you're still analyzing people's ranges, but they, they can be changed quite a bit by the, so the bubble. Uh, the bubble is near, and somebody nearby just... Lot, there was a three-way all-in, and two people who could have busted instead both doubled up, and two guys get into it as they sit down at the table not get into it, but like, I can't believe this effing da-da-da-da-da. Well, that gives you more information that would you would never be privy to mm-hmm. online. You would, and live is, as, as we said, it's analog in a digital world. It is a completely different sensory experience. And we have to respect that when we get to online. Online, there's a real dearth of sensory input output, whichever one it is, acceptable. Uh, we have to accept that most of what we're going to be doing is practicing our range analysis, and we are not going to be perfect on that. And because we're not going to be perfect on that, there's a couple There's a couple things we can do. One, we can accept we're never going to make a ton of money at online poker. Uh, we're just doing it for fun. And for the possibility, there might be, you know, there might come a day you win a tournament for like 30000 That That happens. I've seen that happen. Uh, you, you go in with that expectation. The second thing you do is I'm going to play a lot. I, I'm going to play a lot over games that I have a pretty decent edge on. Uh, that's a really lonely life. I do not miss being a primarily online poker player at all. I love to be playing live now and talking to people and seeing people. I, I, I had a little old lady, Barry. This little old lady, like, we both had top hair and she had a short sack and I put it in. I probably didn't have to. I probably, she probably had a few more big blinds than I had to shove in, but I did. Right. And she had the top hair and I was thinking like, I don't even care because I didn't want this old lady to sit down and just get cleaned out. Right. I mean, to be fair to her, she outplayed me there. Right. She like donk led with top hair and then I jammed on top and she was like, all right. And I was like, crap. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I never get that online. I never. I just always imagine some like nineteen-year-old kid who's watching hentai porn on his other monitor, and you know, yeah. kind of scratching himself through his sweatpants and screaming at his mom and calling her the b-word. Yeah. amounts of drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Copious amount, man. You just you just age yourself another ten years right there. Hope <laughs> smoking copious amounts of drugs, smoking dope. Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, well, it was really weird because obviously that comes up in Montreal and it, I, I forgot all the Canadians call it smoking dope and it's like smoking dope in Seattle is like hard drugs like you don't you don't say smoking dope and so it, the first like few days there I thought man like man man everybody's doing meth in Canada dude but they're pretty calm for meth heads that's a that's one thing about Bullhead City bro Woo wee everybody's really nice here and they look like they did meth for about three months uh, they they every everybody's got most of their teeth but yeah everybody is like the nicest person i've ever met here in bullhead city everybody's really nice but yeah okay this got off the tracks what 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 oh yeah we were talking about bringing it to an online game yeah, yeah I, i'd really recommend watching some of my videos on youtube and you you can see some of the pretty hardcore analysis i do at times uh, as far as statistical stuff, and then it, it, they do work off of each other, but I would just start at the basics. Many people do this, like, I, I play 2-5 online, so I should be able to play 1-2. Excuse me, I play 2-5 
live, so I should be able to play one, two online. No, 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 no. Go, go to 25 NL. Take your time with it and learn. It, it, just, it, if I was... Let me, let, me try to, let me try to come up with a good example. If I was a table tennis player my entire life and I was going to try to transition to tennis... I would not start on a kid that's tearing up the local circuit even if I was even if I was a professional in table tennis. I'd realize I'd probably have to start at the bottom. It's the same thing when you go from live to online, just baby steps, trying to learn, trying to make it as fun as possible, talking, adding information, recording sessions, reviewing your footage, analyzing your games after. Have fun with it by punishing yourself. Okay. And uh, that's all for the two... Sorry, I heard myself back in the mic there, Alex. It was weird. Uh, oh, that's yeah. All, that's all, <laughs> all we got time for today. Uh, next time, Alex is going to have a new mic, and I'm going to see if I can pick up one in the cheap uh, bins. <laughs> is it dumpster diving at the back of PC World or whatever? <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex, how can people get in touch with you for further information? Get on your newsletter, which is always excellent, and buy some of your webinars or get lessons with you, etc., etc. Yeah, if you guys want to write me, uh, I'm back in the office now and I'm going to answer 200 messages today. It's my big goal for the day uh, because I haven't answered it in a while. Uh, go write me at alexandpokeradorish.com. Pretty much any question you have about my services, I'm happy to help. Uh, it is my job, quite literally, to help you. So, yeah, take advantage of that. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter at... Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter at PokerHeadRush.com. Uh, PokerHeadRush.com is a fun site, too. It's my little personal blog. It doesn't look like much, but there's more than meets the eye. And uh, you can go to all the strategy articles, the, the lifestyle blogs, the battle rap videos, and there's links to everything there, the Facebook pages, the... Uh, the podcast, as you're seeing here, Twitter, all that stuff. Sign up for the newsletter there. Write me about anything. You can write me at Twitter if you want quick answers to anything at the Assassinato. Uh, that's pretty much it. I can't. I'm sure there's other stuff. Sign up for the newsletter. That's a big thing. And uh, yeah, uh, good to talk with y'all. Write me on Twitter too. Okay, and there's one thing I should have said at the start, but I can say it now. Um, we. I have put on the Ask Alex episode guide that Polkrock uh, created for us, a 50-year-old guy in Turkey who is a father wow. of two, I believe he said. So now when you go to oneouter.com, at the very top of the page, uh, next to the About Me bit, and that, there's little tabs at the top, you will see one that now says Ask Alex episode guide. If you click in that, you will then see the link that takes you straight to the PDF. Because we Holy forget... We forget we've got like hardcore listeners that have been listening since day one and keep listening, or they drop out for a little while then come back. But this guy just recently found us and started. Um, at, I think he's up to episode fifteen now. So like we're at one two five now. So he's coming and all that. So he's done a guide up to like a hundred episode one hundred and twenty two, and it's basically the bullet points that I put in each show notes showing what they're about but in a nice, easily scrollable 16-page thing, and it's got hyperlinks to the actual uh, post and podcast. So if you want to go back, for guys that haven't, you know, for people that have listened to the show since day one, and they maybe want to go back and revisit stuff or listen to things, 
Uh, just go to oneouter.com and at the top, Ask Alex Episode Guide, click on that, and then there is a little link to a PDF. You click on that and you can go through and just read quickly the bullet points and stuff and see any ones you want to go back and listen to, etc. So big thanks to Poke Rocky is on Twitter for that. And um, that was Thank you, sir. Effort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got really good listeners. And um, it is funny. It's, there's good banter in that as well sometimes on Twitter with... Uh, as you there know, is. jokes and craving anal and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, every week there's, some, there's something new. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, keep your questions coming in for Alex for next week's show. Questions at oneouter.com on email is preferred, or you can post them in the Facebook. Private message me through the Facebook group or uh, tweet them, etc. Or if you want to be really analogue, if you're craving analogue, then... Uh, you can send it, you know, in the mail or carrier pigeon or something like that. We'll discuss it in a few months. Um, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Alex, if you're playing between now and next Thursday, I think, when we record again, good luck and um, hopefully you enjoy your analogue experience. Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate uh, it. Until next week, thanks for listening and cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner-take-all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.